the trusts that I'm aware of and that I've worked with that have adopted what's quite bluntly called a zero tolerance approach to, to discipline and behaviour have seen dramatic increases in exclusion rates, both fixed term and permanent. Here's, here's one that get, always gets the juices flowing, I think. It's just a, I'm responding in a minute to a friend of mine on Facebook who's having a real old rant about the current uh, state of exclusions, fixed term and permanent. Okay. And I yeah. uh, just wondered what your guys' thoughts were on it in terms of why the, why the increase, what's caused it? Um, is it academisation? Is yeah. it... Uh, is that what's happened? Has it gone up? Has it it's gone up dramatically. Yeah, yeah it's gone up dramatically. Um, and I've got to say mainly in the uh, secondary sector. Mm. So uh, what do you think? I've no formal knowledge on this at all, but would I be right in thinking, I might suspect that particular trusts have got higher rates of permanent exclusion than others? Certainly, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that the, the trusts that I'm aware of and that I've worked with that have adopted what's quite bluntly called, a zero-tolerance approach to, to discipline and behaviour, have seen dramatic increases in exclusion rates, both fixed-term and permanent. The problem, though, with them publishing those figures is that you have a set of trusts in a certain... You have a trust in a certain area, and you have a trust in another area that's completely contrast in terms of the general attitude towards education of, of families in the area, mm. you're going to have a much higher exclusion rate, I'd imagine, at one way. Of course, yeah. But, but often, going back to, take uh, that into account, of hope, course, yeah. environment. Um, going, to, going back, though, to the, whether it's a, uh, a, a... Well, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I think, is the question. Not whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, whether exclusions... The, the, the increase, why that's happened. Yeah, I think that's, I think, the, that's yeah, the Why has question. it happened? Why is has it, it happened? You know, What's driven it? And I think you're right. I think basically people are taking that zero tolerance towards behaviour more seriously over the last few years and therefore they are arriving at further exclusions. Now, whether you think that's a good thing or not is an entirely different question, I suppose, but I would have thought that would be the reasoning behind it. Yeah, and because they can a little bit. You know, the whole point is that they've got more control over that kind of thing. The, yeah. the local authority isn't a, a check where you, 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 you've got more freedom now to... to is I mean, it, is oh, that the case? Is it a lot easier to exclude nowadays? Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, trust will sets its own sort of... Well, has its autonomy. Um, as protections in place. But ultimately, I mean, they're all arguing the cases, I'm sure they are, that, that this is the better result for learners everywhere, both the excluded and the, the, the yeah. rest of the class. We all know sat in a classroom that uh, one child can have a huge impact and, and ruin the lesson, can't they? I think as well, there's a, big, there's a big important thing here of looking at, first of all, how beneficial they are to the student. They, 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 uh, let's just ignore permanent exclusions for a second and look at you know, the fixed-term ones. Do they improve the students' outcomes is a good question. You know, is, it, is it a shock of being excluded? Does, does that make them come back in and go, right now I'm going to get on my work, I'm going to, you know, does it have any, is, does it work basically? Um, and then the second thing is, does it benefit the, the other students? Because that's actually quite important, I think. Because if, you, you know, if you've got a class of basically 30 students, you've got one that is a problem uh, in every single lesson. Um, so, so we're not just talking about here about them being a, a problem in one particular lesson, we're talking about them broadly, they're causing issues. Then taking them out of that environment, does it have a massive benefit for those 29 that are in there? You know what I mean? Is that going to completely transform that learning? Because in that sense, fixed-term exclusion is actually quite 
beneficial to 29 other students. So it's definitely a controversial thing, but it's like, how do you, how do you judge whether it's good or bad? I don't know whether there's been any research into that. I've, I've not read any. No. I'll tell you what I'm seeing a lot more of. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think it's perhaps a, a, an attempt to deal with, well, it's quite altruistic in my opinion, but also an attempt to deal with reducing the number of fixed term and uh, permanent exclusions. A lot more schools now have uh, another building. Yeah, isolation. Uh, call it what you will, an isolation unit, alternative provision, on-site alternative provision, a lot of schools are calling it. That seems a lot more prevalent than well, it, it was. I think it massively depends on what happens there, though. And that's why there's been a big thing of like what... The quality of an isolation unit or alternative learning, whatever you want to call it, it, it really depends on how much of a, uh, a good quality the coffee machine is going on. So it, it really depends on what benefit, you know, how, how that's run. It depends on how it benefits the child. Like, is it a reintegration programme? So you're trying to get them, you know, understanding the value of their education. A lot of it's about these students trying to get them to understand the value of the education which is obviously very difficult in, in, in certain areas. Is that yeah. achievable by sitting them in well, a black cubicle for hours upon end? I don't know. I, you can answer this question, I think, in two different ways. Well, certainly I can. I can I, I can answer it from my um, Every Child Matters yeah, hat. Yeah, that's it. I can answer it from a parent's point of view as well. And I think, this, you know, sadly for me, there's two different answers. Because as a parent, I want to know that, yes, my son or daughter is going and being able to access every piece of learning they deserve without the teacher being pulled away and distracted and by challenge, challenging uh, pupils and yeah. uh, situations. But then I've got a nagging sort of uh, thing at the back of my head that, that I feel, and uh, certainly I've heard uh, stories um, that where, where schools are almost flaunting the, you know, the opportunity to get rid uh, and to you know, sort of. Yeah. Um, I, I, my question is, why are they doing it? You know, is it to, uh, is it for this zero tolerance uh, approach where parents would say, yeah, that's really good because now my, or is it, is there something more hidden? Is there a hidden well, agenda where their their uh, performance, their league table standing would look better by removing these learners? Steve, you might know something I, about I, that. I, basically, it. If you remove, particularly if you exclude within year 11 or year 10, they're definitely still on your figures. Because there are schools that will do that. And, and, and um, obviously, it is massively detrimental to their figures. Like, in the general case, you, the, the people you're excluding, obviously, in many cases, isn't going to have a particularly positive effect on your figures anyway. Mm -hmm. So you're saying taking a hit, but you might be sitting there thinking, well... I'm not really taking the hit because they're probably not going to get particularly good GCSEs. Obviously, if it was a case of someone got caught using drugs and they were permanently excluded because of a very serious offence, but they were a very high-flying student, then obviously that will have a particularly negative effect. But as a general rule, if it's just this student has never paid attention in our school, causes problems, and now we've got the chance to exclude them, it might not actually be that big of a negative it effect. Would, it would be really interesting, <laughs> therefore, to find out if there are figures on this. Is there a greater prevalence... <coughs> Of uh, permanent exclusions in year seven, eight, nine than those in ten and eleven. Yeah. Certainly, when I think back to my last role in school, um, alt providing finding alternative placements, uh, yeah, provision for, for students, that was a big part of it. And in a vast majority of cases, it was a year ten or a year yeah. eleven pupil. And just to throw something else in here, I know it's a slight aside. UTCs, I think, um, come into the equation here. 
a lot of the UTCs that I've worked with in the last year or two, um, not the leadership because perhaps, you know, mm. the, 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 but, but just talking to, to tutors and teachers, um, there is a feeling in some UTCs that they are becoming a bit of a dumping ground for yeah. um, students that would otherwise be provided for within school or, or, or alternative provision. So uh, there are other UTCs I've worked with that, that have exactly the kind of intake they want, very skilled yeah. uh, students with a vocational mindset. Uh, but there are others that are really That's why it's difficult, isn't it? It's, 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 it's working out whether the child is causing a problem. Is that because the way they're being taught mm. is causing them to be distracted and cause a problem? Whereas if you took them to a UTC, mm. um, they'll, they're, they're actually by being active learners, for example, or, the, or they're interested in the, the vocation, that's going to solve those problems. But mm. you get that wrong and you end up with a dumping ground and you get that right, and of course it gives them all new okay, so issues. Yeah. See, what's interesting as well is the union take on all of this. I was reading, I can't remember which union it was, but I think it was in Teaching Today recently, and they were talking about uh, the, the unions apportion the blame here on, on cuts. No, no surprise. But uh, uh, and what they're saying is that uh, they, they believe that a lot, you know, the increase in um, fixed rate and fixed term and permanent exclusions is largely down to, due to um, cuts in finance. And that they articulated that in two different ways. So firstly... They, that schools don't have access through uh, to children's services, to other yeah, external yeah. agencies, because they're not there anymore. No. They're not there anymore because the local authorities have been slashed and, 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 well, and stopped. The team around the child team is shrinking Absolutely. all the time. Now, the other alternative is to have that provision within school. And they say this, the schools simply don't have the budget yes. to, um, you know, to have somebody, that, uh, a specialist or a team of specialists, within a school or within a trust that look after that that cohort, if you like, which I thought was an interesting take. Yeah. I think yeah, I, I think that is probably a massive part of it, that the, the school basically can't provide the support that's necessary to basically do that reintegration process. So they might have permanently excluded someone, not sorry, they might have fixed term excluded someone before and then gone through a series of reintegration steps that would hopefully stop the, the, the same behaviour occur or reduce it. Whereas now maybe it's, well, fixed term exclusion, straight back into lesson, oh, well, it's happened again. Fixed term exclusion, straight back into, you know, and that, that then, you know, suddenly got two for where you would have had one or three for where you would have had one, mm. and then suddenly that's going to be a huge increase, isn't it? Mm. The, the landscape has changed, hasn't it? And we've got to look at whether the academy's having this way in which they can exclude, whether that's been detrimental in their reasoning. Yeah. And, and the government have commissioned a... Um, yeah, the review of, of how um, exclusions are being done. So that, that will be really interesting and that's really what we're trying to work out, whether there's been a change because yeah. of the structure in the schools. It, it will be interesting then to see the results of that, I think. Mm. When's that due out? Right? I don't know. Shortly, they've just commissioned it. The, the problem is that the schools aren't even need necessarily giving the data. So they've got to do something to make them get the data and, and understand what's actually happening and whether that is just simply, whether yeah. there's anything... And the, and then the it, health of schools the, the IDSR does report the exclusions and it does compare um, I think it compares your exclusions it takes local authorities exclusions and a national exclusions but like I've said each of those national each of those broader figures don't take into account anything about who's in your school even now, within an LA you could work out you could you could sit and look at the LA and go okay yeah really high people premium count really high EAL count da 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 and work out whether it was particularly good, but obviously enough, so it's about 20 hours. 
a small amount of time beforehand to look at IDSR. Mm-hmm. So if there's a big, you know, sentence exclusion and they've just been in another school where it's a tiny one, are they immediately just going to make that decision? And, and so we have to be, I think schools do have to, not schools, I think everyone in education does have to be a bit careful about those sorts of figures because they are a bit dangerous because they just have a kind of one trap meaning that, that maybe isn't, maybe isn't that relevant. What do you think to this idea where um, a, a trust um, that's grown out of a certain uh, area, a certain demographic, where it might be slightly league fee, it might be, yeah. you know... And then begins to take on schools. And then begins to take on schools and imprint um, through a, quite a sort of strong regime their uh, discipline, their, um, their ethos mm. generally, uh, their whole sort of teaching and learning sort of... Um, thoughts um, and because of that because they they may be maybe working in a, in a more deprived um, sort of high pupil premium area yeah. that that sim- simply doesn't work and it, when I say it doesn't work it might be working but it results in a higher higher exclusion rate yeah. because they're trying to uh, use the until same it policy. appears that it's working until it appears that it's working what, what are your thoughts <laughs> on that I think it, it just depends because the, th- the thing is that you do get a lot of um, trust that end up doing moving into luck often it's actually just become massive and the leadership can't cope with it and can't make the changes it needs and then they end up collapsing i guess a lot of it depends on whether they're looking at the performance of the schools looking at other factors like what does the parental i think that's quite an interesting one like what does the what's the parental feedback on this all the schools and this trust how does it respond because that that a lot of that is what, what matters how how sort of positive the feedback is from the, the pupils, the parents, the mm. teachers, the, do you know what I mean? It's quite a difficult thing to quantify, isn't it? Mm. But That's we can see in, yeah. in, in data results, you know, a combination of yeah. exclusions and performance of a school, and, and we all know and, and there's a mix. There are multi-academy trusts that are doing a brilliant job and turning around schools with that system where they've mm. taken a leafy system into a you know, more deprived area mm. and it works. It doesn't seem to maybe at first, and there's huge yeah. change, but that works. And there are others that do that badly and fail. Ultimately, they've got schools within their... Uh, multi-academy trusts that, that but, don't improve. But they and don't understand. That they, they don't, understand. Maybe because they don't understand that the leadership isn't um, ju- just not effective. You know, ultimately, these multi-academy trusts are, are, are yeah. they're, they're very hugely, yeah. and they can be brilliant, and they can not work, and yeah. as long as you identify that. There, there has definitely become this new thing of turning around schools. Turning around schools is now like a big phrase, isn't it? And you speak to people, and they come in and they say, this is what we do. We go in, we find pupils uh, that, 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 that are causing a big problem. We permanently exclude them. And that's almost like a badge. That's like what they do. And often they do find the scores go up through the roof because suddenly all the other pupils can be taught by these It's a very quick fix. It's so, a quick fix yeah. for, and, and, and so they go minus 0.5 to minus 0.2 to plus 0.1. So what you're talking about is attainment and progress age, yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. is an interesting yeah. angle as well. So we're not talking about five years as the C's anymore. No, and they rip up their curriculum. So they'll rip it up and they'll go, right, we're just going to do seven subjects because that's all we need to. And they'll get rid of certain teaching staff. That, that They'll do all of that stuff. But... I don't know whether it leads to a healthier environment. That, that's a big question. Like, because they, 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 what happens is the positive effect it may have on some students more important than the fact that it may not be, I don't want to be too dramatic, but it's going to ruin the lives of mm. 10 or 15 potentially by permanent experience. So it is a dilemma. It's a yeah. dilemma for, for the heads of multi academy mm. trusts. Yeah. The reason, the reason why we have these conversations is to hopefully spark further conversations, certainly yeah. amongst ourselves, but, um, and, and we're always looking for, for feedback and thoughts from yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, everybody who's watching this. 
But I think on this one, I would love to hear a bit of student voice on this. I'd love to know what students take mm-hmm. on, on, on the rise, or if they've seen a rise in exclusions, and what impact they think yeah. it's had um, socially and academically within their school. That would be a really fascinating mm-hmm. bit of feedback, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Okay. Brilliant. That's good. That's good. Oh,